0: You're listening to Joey's Totally Tech, your tech podcast. The principle that the internet service providers must treat all internet communications equally and not discriminate or charge differently based on the user, content, platform, education, or other crazy reasons, that's net neutrality. And for the past few years, the FCC did away with the net neutrality regulations under Chairman Ajit Pai. What happened? And could it come back under the new administration? We'll discuss this on today's Joey's Totally Tech. everyone. Welcome to the Joey's Totally Tech Podcast. I hope you're all doing well. I'm Joey Cagle.
1: And I'm your co-host Antonio Guerra. I also hope you're doing well.
0: All right. Uh, Let me uh, check something quickly. Okay, yeah, we're good. I was looking at the wrong thing here. It's all good. Uh, So we are ready to go. Antonio, how was your week?
1: Uh, Not too bad. I, uh, As I mentioned last week, I just started a new job. Mm-hmm. I'm a loan servicer with one main financial, so right. I've just been training at home, so it's kind of nice, though. I finally have a job where I don't get in trouble for sitting down. In fact, <laughs> it's encouraged. <so. laughs> yeah,
0: that's nice. Uh, I wish I could sit down where I work, uh, writing the register all day, and, you know, I've got problems with my feet and uh, lower back, too. It's rough, you know? But, um, you know, it's part of the job.
1: Yeah, that's I why I had to switch it. up careers, man. I'm not getting any younger, so.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hopefully, that'll be happening for me, too. I do want to get out of retail. It it does its toll on the body.
1: (laughs) It does. It's a toll on the body, a toll on the mind, a toll on the soul, everything, man.
0: Right. So, uh, I personally did not have a chance to get any trivia ready for you, but you had a little time uh, to get some trivia ready for me today, right?
1: Antonio always has time for trivia.
0: (laughs) awesome 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 let's uh do it then it's time for totally Ted trivia
1: aka joey pretty (laughs) all right so all right so i'm sure you remember the rules but a quick recap you're gonna you're gonna pick a color and a number one two or three hundred the color corresponds to a random topic same topics as last week Ancient tech, retro tech, future tech, tech personality, and gaming tech. Okay. So you can pick one of the five colors and pick a number. Hold on, let me mix up these colors so there's no shenanigans.
0: Right, yeah. So no new topics, same topics as last week.
1: Same topics, even the same questions. Just yeah, I replaced yeah. the ones that you answered already. Okay, okay. Right. And okay, so just like last week, six primary colors except for orange.
0: All right. So, So. let's go Yellow 300.
1: Yellow 300. So, Yellow this week is Retro Tech. Are you ready for your question?
0: I am ready, sir.
1: Okay. For 300 points. This piece of Retro Tech was included with IBM computers in the 1980s. It was the precursor to today's more modern, quieter keyboards.
0: Uh, I'm thinking of the Model M uh, keyboard.
1: That is correct, for 300 points. The Model M or the Buckling Spring Keyboard? Yeah, Buckling Spring
0: Keyboard, yeah. I know there was more than just the Model M, but it's that type of keyboard, Buckling Spring Keyboard, yes.
1: All right, excellent. All right, so yellow's gone. Pick another color.
0: All right, we're going to go blue 300.
1: All right, this week, blue is gaming tech. All right. So, So for 300 points... This piece of gaming tech was a third party Game Boy accessory released in the 1990s. This monstrosity enhanced your gaming experience by providing a neck strap, a screen magnifier, stereo speakers, a nightlight, larger face buttons, and a thumbstick for the D pad. Oh
0: gosh. Was it called something like the Light Boy or something? I, don't mm-hmm.
1: know. I think there was a Light Boy, but that was just a magnifier and a light. Oh gosh.
0: Oh. Yeah, I think this one was a bit more. And gosh, I can't remember the name.
1: It's okay. It's the handy dandy Handy Boy. (laughs) Handy Boy. Oh boy! All right. All right. So you didn't get that one. All right. So you're at 300 points still. So you need. You still need. uh, What do we say?
0: A thousand points. Two thousand.
1: Yeah. So you still need uh, 1,700 points to win.
0: Wait, wasn't a 1,000 last it week? It was
1: 1,000, so you need 700 points to 700 win. Sorry, points. my <laughs> is off this week.
0: <laughs> hey, that happens. All it right, ap- so we did uh, yellow. Did I just do blue now? Yep. Okay, let's do green 300.
1: Okay, green this week is Future Tech. All right, for 300 points, this form of Future Tech is essentially a virtual copy of a specific object procedure, or ecosystem. By manipulating these copies, we can accurately simulate alterations to the original without affecting or damaging it. Sort of like a reverse doo-doo doll. Uh,
0: sounds like cloning to me.
1: Kinda! Kinda. It's actually called a digital twin, so I guess oh, they have... Oh,
0: oh, gosh, digital
1: twin. Oh, man.
0: I forgot. (laughs) Hey,
1: that's why it's worth 300 points. Oh, man. (laughs) All right. So I'm sorry. I'm not doing so
0: great today, guys.
1: It's now impossible for you to win the game. The highest score you can finish the game with is 900. All right. That's okay. So you have red and purple left. Okay.
0: We're going to go purple 300.
1: All right. Purple this week. Tech personalities. This tech personality is best known for developing the performance modeling software pretty damn quick. He is quoted as saying, best practices are an admission of failure. And if you want to be more productive, go to sleep.
0: Uh.
1: Yeah, but he's, I guess he's best known for developing a performance modeling software called Pretty Damn Quick.
0: Right, yeah, I, I'm not familiar with that software, so... <laughs>
1: <yeah>. Alright, <laughs> the, the man's name is Neil J. Gunther. Okay. Have you ever heard of him?
0: Uh, the name sounds somewhat familiar, and I've heard those quotes before, but thats uh, I didn't know the name. <laughs>
1: I, I told you I was taking off the kid's gloves this week. Yep, <laughs> you are. Alright, well you're still hit, staying at 300 points Alright So I might as well final... just go
0: 300 on my final one um, Yeah, may as
1: well Yeah. Alright, so for 300 points This piece of ancient tech was invented in Egypt around 8,000 years ago and has a tensile structure that helps keep your arms rested while traveling
0: Keep your arms rested while traveling?
1: It's That's a tensile structure 8,000 years old.
0: A tensile structure.
1: A tensile structure. Like uh, tensile, like Oh
0: tensile. Yeah. Oh. You lost me, Antonia. Huh.
1: Alright, this this we one was kind of a tricky question. Doesn't the answer me. is a sail. A sail. Like a ship sail.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Alright. Yep. Yeah, this week I lost.
1: It's okay. Well, I mean, last time, you got, like, all the 300-point questions, so I had to come up with harder ones this week.
0: Yeah, definitely. You got me this time, for sure. (laughs) All right. Well, that was still fun, even if I lost, you know?
1: It was fun. Learning is always fundamental.
0: Yeah. Uh, This week, we're going to talk about uh, net neutrality in uh, Ajit Pai, who was the FCC chairman uh, previously until uh, January 20th this year. We have a new FCC chairman, uh, but, um, yeah, we're going to talk about, uh, some of the history of net neutrality, as well as Ajit Pai himself. We're going to talk about some violations of net neutrality, because people often claim that internet service providers haven't been violating net neutrality, even when we had no regulations, uh. Yeah, they have. <laughs> <laughs> you you've seen that whole list I put in the notes, right, Antonio?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh quite a uh, long and distinguished. Yeah.
0: Yes, definitely. So, let's get started. So you're probably wondering what net neutrality is. Uh, Net neutrality just means that internet service providers should treat internet communications equally. And there's no discrimination based on user, content, website, platform, application, type of equipment, source of address, destination of address, or the method of communication. Basically, uh, Comcast should not... Be uh, blocking our podcast, for example, just because I'm using Spectrum Internet here. Yeah, I got you. You know, uh, if that happens, let us know, and we're gonna go after uh, whatever internet service provider you have. <laughs>
1: so I don't know. If we, I don't know if we can go after Comcast. They're pretty big, I think.
0: Yeah, but you know, well, you never know. There might be don't some be- while you're willing to do it.
1: Don't they own (laughs) NBCUniversal?
0: I can't remember now. Um, Yeah, whatever. So, yeah, this term was coined by a Columbia... I'm fumbling over my words here. A Columbia University media law professor, Tim Wu, back in 2003, as an extension of the concept of a common carrier. A common carrier is described as the role of the telephone systems. Uh, net neutrality regulations can be referred to as common carrier regulations. Uh, of course, right now we don't have any regulations in place. By the way, that's thanks to a Pi, but we will get to that later. Um, the regulations actually don't block all abilities of an ISP to impact your services. Um, opt-in and opt-out services exist on the end-user side. Filtering can be done on a local basis, such as the filtration of sensitive material for minors. So basically, software that blocks any pornography or anything that your children shouldn't uh, see, that's perfectly legal. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Of course, uh, the, the people who purchase that Internet access have that control. So, you know, at, at least in most cases, I'm not aware of internet service providers that specifically block that kind of content. There might be something out there like that, but I'm not aware of it.
1: Uh, I think they might
0: do that in China. Oh yeah, China, but that's a different <laughs> country. Um, some of the violations we will get into later are in different countries, by the way, but it's just like a few of them. Most of them are here in the States. just to be clear. All right. So uh, proponents of net neutrality, including computer science experts, consumer advocates, human rights resources, or I'm saying resources, organizations, and internet content providers believe net neutrality helps provide freedom of information exchange, promotes competition and innovation and uphold standardization of the internet data transmission, which is essential for its growth. Opponents, on the other hand, including the internet service providers and telecom equipment manufacturers, say that net neutrality requirements reduce their incentive to build out the internet. Uh, It reduces competition and may raise operating costs, which would be passed on to consumers. Now, when we had regulations in place under Obama, do you remember the cost of internet going up at all?
1: Let's see, Obama, so that was between 2008 and 2016, and right. I do not remember how much my internet bill was back yeah. then, sorry.
0: Well, um, the the regulations went into place uh, 2015, so, you know, it wasn't very long that we had them. Oh, okay. I don't remember the cost of internet going up. It I mean I had some roommates. Uh, someone else was in charge of the bill, but my internet did not go up during that actually, time. Actually, I
1: think in 2015, I think I might have had either I had Pineville Internet. Pineville has like their own internet and cable company. It's weird. Okay.
0: I didn't even know about that.
1: <clears throat> they actually have their own power company. There's the only one of two Cities in the United States that have their own power company. Every oh, other wow. city just has. Now I'm sure they just buy power from Duke or something like that. But yeah, I, I, I live in Pineville. You don't pay Duke. You pay Pineville Electric. It's weird.
0: I did not know that. Wow. You can have whatever
1: cable company you want, though. But.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, net neutrality, it's uh been a pretty hot topic since the early 1990s. That was even before I started getting on the internet. I think for um,
1: before most people start getting on the internet. <laughs>
0: right, because I didn't go on the internet until maybe uh, 95 or 96, something like that. Um, in 2014, uh, Obama recommended that the FCC reclassify broadband internet service as a telecommunications service in order to preserve net neutrality, AT and T stopped build out of their fiber network until they had a solid net neutrality, or they, until they had solid net neutrality rules to follow. Rather, on January 31st thousand and fifteen, uh, Associated Press reported that the FCC would present the notion of applying Title II or common carrier of the Communications Act of 1934 and Section 706 of the Telecommunications Act of 1996 to the internet with a vote on February 26 of that year. And the regulations were put into place that preserved net neutrality. So that's when uh, we had regulations, but it was only for a short time. Uh, Now, enter Ajit Varadaraj or, or is that Varadaraj pie?
1: I'd say it was <laughs> Varadaraj.
0: Varadaraj. Ajit Varadaraj Pai. I'm not good with that pronunciation, but I think I got it that time. He was an American lawyer who served as the FCC chairman from 2017 to January 2021 under the Trump administration. He's the son of an Indian, or the son of Indian immigrants, rather, uh, to the U.S. He grew up in Parsons, Kansas. He studied social studies at Harvard. Uh, Gosh, I am getting so tongue-tied today. I am sorry, everyone. Um, He earned a law degree from the University of Chicago Law School, and he worked as a lawyer in various offices of the United States Department of Justice and the UNS, United States Senate Judiciary Committee, so people in Washington D.C. knew of him for sure. And he had a two-year stint at an in-house, or as an in-house lawyer for Verizon Communications. And I kind of think this might be where some of his bias comes from. He did work for Verizon, you know.
1: I mean, it's possible.
0: Yeah. Um, He joined the FCC as a lawyer in its Office of General Counsel in 2007 and was nominated to be a commissioner in 2011 by President Barack Obama uh, following the tradition and preserving balance on the commission by accepting the recommendation of Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. So, he is actually in the FCC under Barack Obama But, you know, this was like something where they needed a mix of different types of opinions, you know. Um, I think that he might have been a little too biased. Don't get me wrong. Everyone has their biases, you know. Yeah. I I just think Ajit Pai probably had a bit much
1: of a corporate bias, you know. Um, Well, yeah, I mean, if he was a corporate lawyer, I'm sure that, you know. If, you, if you're attracted to that sort of career path, then obviously you probably have certain traits that would probably lead you toward, uh, you know, protecting corporate interests, I would think.
0: Right, yeah. And I think he wanted to protect those corporate interests as FCC chairman, too. Um, he was confirmed unanimously by the U.S. Senate on May 7, 2012, and sworn in May 14th for or five-year term in the FCC. Uh, a big change came for him in 2017 when uh, Donald Trump became president. Um, he designated Ajit Pai as the FCC chairman and was confirmed by the Senate for an additional five-year term on October 2nd, 2017. Um, he was for repealing the net neutrality uh, uh, net neutrality regulations and on december 14th 2017 uh they voted he voted with the majority of the fcc to reverse the net neutrality regulations um so before dismantling that or he uh closed an investigation into the wireless providers t-mobile at&t and verizon on zero rated practices as uh, a practice of providing internet access without financial cost under certain conditions like permitting access to only certain websites or subsidizing the service with advertising or exempting certain websites from data allowance. Um, Now, I wasn't aware for a while that those companies were even offering anything like that. Were you? Yeah.
1: No, I, I had no I, I would never even think to try and get free internet.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember Juno uh, had free dial internet back in the day.
1: Whoopee.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, also Net Zero, yeah. Of course, they limited you to the amount of time you could be on there. Or there were some uh, providers. I do remember some dial-up providers that would give you free internet access in exchange for like advertising on your computer. Um, huh. but I don't think too many of them lasted very long honestly.
1: I remember those old like net zero commercials and they were like it's the same internet, why pay more to get there? Right, like, yeah. They don't want to spend three minutes to download a JPEG.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, and you were very uh, limited from what I remember or I think they might have taken off the, um, the amount of time, the limit on the amount of time you could spend on there and but it's still just dial-up, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, this was just, this was like 20 years ago, and yeah. dial-up was pretty much outdated at that yeah. point, so...
0: Yeah, but, I mean, Net Zero was even around after everyone had switched to broadband internet. Um, I guess for people who couldn't get broadband internet for whatever reason, you know?
1: I mean, I'm sure there's certain people, like, you know, I guess if you're just, like, reading, like, text and not looking at a lot of pictures and videos... Yeah. You could probably get by with just broadband, but yeah. the way the internet is now, forget about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you were just getting an email that didn't have any graphics in it, or if you were maybe telnetting to uh, BBSs, you know, it would probably be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'll telnet to a BBS every once in a while myself. A lot of you probably don't even know what a BBS is, or you're not aware of that any are still up on telnet <laughs> but um yeah they're out there maybe we'll discuss that sometime on a future episode you know
1: foreshadow
0: Yeah, um, but yeah November 2020 Pi announced that he would resign from his post on January 20th 2021 which was the day of Biden's inauguration so um Quick bit about the current FCC chairman, uh, Jessica Rosenworcel. Uh, she's the new chairman. Um, she stated she was for bringing back net neutrality regulations, and she said, quote, we cannot have a two-tiered internet with fast lanes that speed the traffic of the privileged and leave the rest of us lagging behind. We cannot have gatekeepers who tell us what we can and cannot do, and where we can can and cannot go online. And we do not need blocking, throttling, or paid prioritization schemes that undermine the internet as we know it. So um, the question I have for you, Antonio, right now is, have you ever personally experienced a time where you um, had unequal internet like, a website was blocked or throttled by your internet service provider and uh, or like if it's throttled you knew about it you could tell the speed wasn't quite right
1: uh, not specifically I mean there have been times I mean everyone experiences this where you know sometimes your internet's working mm-hmm. faster than other times but I can't remember a specific time where it's like um, unless like maybe the site was down or something like that because that happens too but you know, I never had the experience where like, oh, well, YouTube is going super fast, but I don't even know any websites that or like, you know, the some other website that I look at, like Escapist Magazine, perhaps. Yeah. It's like Escapist Magazine is going slow, but YouTube is going fast. Like, I haven't noticed anything like that yeah. specific. So. Of course, that could be their
0: server could be bogged down, but might not have been, you know?
1: Also, I'm saying like it, yeah. there's there's been times where I've experienced slow internet connections, but I've never once thought like, oh, I bet they're throttling, you know, Netflix and tricking yeah. YouTube, and all that other stuff. But yeah, down I
0: suppose I suppose on an individual basis, it's pretty hard to tell. Um, yeah. I haven't experienced anything like that, but what I do remember before the regulations were put into place. I had a cricket at one point, and they had their own music service that um, you could download like unlimited songs for free, as long as you had um, their service. And it was set up where the music would stop playing if you didn't pay your bill. You know, (laughs) Um, but. But, yeah, you could do that. Unlimited, their high-speed data for anything else was limited, though. Um, I think T-Mobile also, uh, before the regulations went into place, they were offering unlimited to, like, I want to say iHeartRadio or something else. I can't
1: remember. Um, I think it was... um... When they would... uh, I think iHeartRadio is free, but I think they're giving out right. like free like I remember it was like well, well I mean the, the high
0: speed data access, like um, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Of course iHeartRadio is free, but they could still throttle it back unless they didn't want to throttle it back for that particular service. And I think that was one of them, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but they throttle back any other service once you reach the limit. Gotcha. Yeah. So um that you probably noticed changed when the regulations went into place and might have changed back uh once uh they were no longer in place. Um
1: people will- I'll be honest with you, I don't really pay attention to a lot of commercial stuff. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright. Well people will claim um that uh, I haven't seen any difference in the internet with or without net neutrality and uh, for most of you that's probably true and a lot of people feel like the whole net neutrality issue is a solution in search of a problem because they claim uh, blocking has never ever happened or if it did Market forces would compel the internet service providers to correct the course and reopen their networks. Um, But the reality is very different. Now, just because you don't experience something uh, doesn't mean it didn't happen. I was not attacked by a machete on bus route 27 last week. But you probably heard on the news here in Charlotte what happened last week on bus yeah. route 27 <laughs> yeah someone was attacked or a couple of people were attacked with a machete did not happen to me i wasn't even at the same spot but it happened
1: so i think this is one of those things where like i feel like you know i say 90 to 95 percent of people that go on the internet they're probably only going to like the main sites you're know, they going to your google your youtube mm-hmm. and maybe if they're like you know researching something that might go to a different site but, you know, I, I really honestly feel like most people are, like, you know, they're going to those main sites that most people go to, you know?
0: Right, right. Um, well, Netflix is a pretty main site of our time, and we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, so I got uh, this information from freepress.net. They had a whole page about um, companies that violated uh, net neutrality, um ideology, even if there wasn't regulation in place at the time. Um, uh, let's hear it. We're going to begin right here in North Carolina, actually. In 2005, a North Carolina ISP called Madison River Communications blocked the voice over IP service Vonage. You remember Vonage, right?
1: I remember Vonage, yeah.
0: Yes. Uh, Vonage filed a complaint with the FCC. After customers complain, you know, people want to make those cheap phone calls, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the FCC sanctioned Madison River and prevented further blocking. Uh, currently, the FCC lacks authority to stop such abuse. It's um, funny because now
1: it is 15 years later and you can make free phone calls to pretty much anywhere on the planet. So.
0: Yeah, I know a, a lot of internet service providers, as far as I'm aware, aren't blocking Skype. Uh, Vonage hasn't existed for a while, has it?
1: I, I, I remember the commercials. Yes. I, don't, I don't remember anything else about them.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what happened to Vonage. I've got to look that up now. Um, the same year in Canada... The, uh, their second largest telecommunications company, TELUS, started blocking access to a server, which hosted a website that supported a labor strike against the company. Researchers at Harvard and, um, that's supposed to be Harvard, um, yeah, and University of Toronto, sorry, there was a typo in my notes here, um, they found this action resulted in TELUS blocking 766 sites that were unrelated to the labor strike as well Jeez. yeah so but TELUS was so bad about the labor strike not only were they going to block the website about it but uh, any other website on that server that had nothing to do
1: with it craziness
0: yeah that really was a bad time for uh people using tell Us, you know
1: yeah, bad time for people on strike there, you too.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, in 2007, Comcast began secretly blocking peer to peer technologies customers use over its network, such as BitTorrent and Nutella. Investigations from the Associated Press, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, and others confirmed they were blocking or slowing file sharing applications. Without disclosing this to the customers. Now, keep in mind those applications themselves are not illegal. Of course, they are oftentimes used for illegal things like piracy and uh, other things that we won't get into here.
1: Mm-hmm. So, I think it's one of those things. that's sort of like you know, you know, pretty much in most places you can go to like a head shop and buy like a bong if you want, but and then I guess the. The the back out is well. You could theoretically smoke tobacco out of a bong. Never yeah. met anyone in my life that smoked tobacco out of a bong before. Mm-hmm. But hey, that's just a thing. So I kind of feel like the same thing with like these, you know, you know, file sharing sites. Like yeah, you can share whatever you want on there. But like ninety nine point ninety nine percent of the traffic comes from illegal, illegal activity. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Of course, I have heard about other things being shared to as well legally through that and. I know specifically with BitTorrent you have a number of Linux distros that will use that as a backup to download uh, a distribution for installation, you know, that's perfectly legal there, you know? Oh yeah, I get it yeah. But those are exceptions and I think a lot of it yeah, there's a lot of that software that's used for illegal purposes, you know? Uh uh-huh. so um where was the ISP right to block those apps? Uh, I personally don't think they were right to because there are legal purposes for it. The question is how to down uh, crack down on the illegal purposes for it.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I can see kind of both sides. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I agree that there's legal ways to use file sharing sites, but mm-hmm. the vast, vast, vast majority of it is used to steal movies and stuff.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, From 2007 to 2009, AT&T forced Apple to block Skype, as well as other competing voice-over-IP phone services on the iPhone. They wanted to prevent iPhone users from using any app which would allow them to make voice-over-IP calls. The Google Voice app also received similar treatment when it came up in 2009. Um, so imagine not being able to use Skype on your smartphone. I mean, not I guess ATT. if you're
1: into Skype, then that would that would suck. Yeah. That the would. only time I ever use Skype is to talk to you. So <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, Skype was uh, getting a uh, major; they were gaining major popularity during that time. before Actually, a few years earlier than that, they started. Yeah, to that get was pretty much popular.
1: that was pretty much like the pioneer in like you know, I guess we would call voice. You know, media
0: conferencing, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. Right. Void software, yes. Um, In 2010, Windstream Communications, check this out. They hijacked user search queries that were made with the Google toolbar and Firefox. Users thought they had set the browser to the search engine of their choice. Let's say DuckDuckGo, for example. Mm-hmm. Um. But they're redirected to Winstream's own search portal and results. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. If that's not shady, I don't know what is, you know? No? Yeah, for sure. Um, In 2011, MetroPCS announced plans to block streaming video over their 4G network from all sources except YouTube. They then drew their weight behind... or threw their weight, rather... (laughs) Uh, behind uh, Verizon's court challenge against the FCC's 2010 open internet rolling hoping that the rejection of the agency's authority would let the company continue this anti-consumer practice and possibly other such practices. Um, I should mention there had been other rulings before the, the whole net neutrality in 2015 um, that uh, Enforce a more open internet. So, so yeah, they were in violation of that, and um, they possibly would have continued such practices.
1: Probably, I
0: mean,
1: <laughs> yeah. Usually, when people are doing shady stuff, they keep doing it until either they get caught, or I guess until they make enough money where they feel like they don't need to do it anymore.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Definitely. Um, in 2011, the Electronic Frontier Foundation found several small ISPs redirected search queries via a vendor called Paxfire, so similar to the Windstream uh, issue. The, yeah. I, the ISPs identified included Cavalier, Cogent, Frontier, Fuse, DirectPC, RCN, and Wide Open West. Paxfire intercepted a person's search request at Bing and Yahoo and redirected it to another page this allowed the participating ISPs to collect referral fees for delivering users to select websites it's all about the money 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 yeah yeah screw whatever search engine you want to use we're going to make you use ours (laughs) or intercept (laughs) yours or something you know yeah yeah. Uh, yeah Uh, From 2011 to 2013, AT&T, Sprint, and Verizon blocked Google Wallet. Imagine not being able to pay for yourself because of your internet service provider or wireless provider crazy stuff yeah all three companies had a stake in, a, in developing a similar service called Isis not the terrorist organization
1: but a payment yeah, I'll bet they've changed the name since then <laughs> I would hope so just so uh, like uh do you ever watch that show um oh geez Archer
0: uh I've not but I mean I've seen bits and pieces of it but I've not really watched it
1: What's well, about like the spy and in like the first like I think it was, like, three or four seasons, he worked for an agency called ISIS, okay? <laughs> yeah. And then, like, you know, once, like, ISIS came out in, like, the Middle East and stuff, they right. changed... Well, they changed kind of the format of the show. For, like, the, the three seasons after that, it was, like... I guess he was, like, in a coma. So every season was, like, a different scene. So, like, one was, like, you know, you know, Prohibition era of Los Angeles. One was, like, you know, an island in, like, the 18th... in the 19th century. the one was, like, the future. But yeah. now they're back in, uh... I guess regular real life or whatever, but it's still not called ISIS anymore. So Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, it kind of reminds me real life situation. Um World Taekwondo Federation. Um, of course the initials are WTF. And what's uh. become popular to say in the past uh, ten to twenty years or yeah. something else that we're not going to repeat on here. What? WTF <laughs> What was that? What the Fruit Loops? What the Fruit Loops? Yes. Um, Obviously, it's not Fruit Loops that they're saying. Uh, World Taekwondo Federation has changed their name to World Taekwondo because of that.
1: Why they just call themselves World Taekwondo Entertainment, (laughs)
0: like (laughs) WWE? That's right. Because it's not entertainment; it's real, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah, it's uh, just uh, they decided to do that because of the WTF popularity. Yeah, um, I get it. yeah. get a, a report from the body of European regulators for electronic communications in 2012 found that violations of net neutrality affected at least one in five users in Europe. Connections were blocked or slowed to services like voice over IP, Peer-to-peer gaming applications and email. So,
1: twenty percent. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah,
0: yeah. Imagine uh, getting tons of lag when you're playing Call of Duty or whatever game because uh, your internet service provider is throttling, and you know you paid for that high-speed plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to be saying something, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, it probably be four-letter words. <laughs> yeah. The like
0: for year- Loops. for Loops, yeah. The same year FCC called Verizon, Ver- uh, Verizon Wireless blocking people from using tethering applications on their phones, and... A lot of phone companies were doing this too, not just Verizon. Uh, Verizon asked Google to remove 11 free tethering apps from the Android Marketplace, though, Um, now known as Google Play. Uh, The apps allowed users to circumvent Verizon's $20 tethering fee and turn their phones into Wi-Fi hotspots. By doing this, Verizon was violating a net neutrality pledge they had made to the FCC as a condition of the 2008 Airwaves Auction. So yeah, they're breaking a promise right there. That's not cool, guys. Um, Cool. Yeah, I mean, it might not have been a regulation, but when your company makes a promise, you might want to keep it. Yeah. Yeah, or or I guess I don't know how many... uh, customers Verizon has lost over that because I don't know if that made any big news, but if it had, they probably could have lost some. Yeah, and probably a few at least. Right. Um, AT&T announced that same year, they would disable the FaceTime app on iPhones unless they subscribe to a more expensive text and voice plan. Rats. Yeah, so... No FaceTime for you if you weren't paying enough there, guys. Um, Through 2013 and 2014, people experienced slower speeds when trying to connect to certain websites and apps. Netflix was one that many ISPs slowed down. Uh, Some had trouble connecting to video conferencing sites and making voice calls on the internet. Major broadband providers, including AT&T, Time Warner Cable and verizon were found to be deliberately limiting the capacity at these interconnection points the delivery of content to thousands of u.s businesses and residential customers across the country was throttled and in 2013 during an oral argument um, or arguments rather in verizon versus the fcc judges asked if the company would favor some preferred services, content, or sites over others if the court overruled the agency's existing open internet rules. Helgi Walker, the Verizon counsel, said, quote, I'm authorized to state from my client today that but for these rules, we would be exploring those types of arrangements, end quote. The admission may have gone unnoticed had she not repeated this on five separate occasions in these arguments. She probably spent a lot of time memorizing that line, yeah. so she wanted
1: to make sure she got good, good mileage out of it. Yeah, that's
0: like that's like a murderer saying on recording five times, I'm going to kill this person. They say it five times... And then they go kill the person, and now they're trying to defend themselves, you know? Yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, they they definitely want to uh, screw you over, I think.
1: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think this is just another example of. it's corporations are not out here to serve you, they're out here right. to serve the shareholders in yeah, the bottom no. line, so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When when businesses should be serving their customers first, but you know they're serving the stockholder instead. Uh, let's be real about it, right? But um, you know that. So uh, why we had the net neutrality regulations in place for a short time, and I think we need them back in place, honestly. So, what are your thoughts on it?
1: Well, yeah, like you like you said before, like I don't personally feel like I've been negatively affected by, you know, anti-net neutrality rules, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that other people aren't, you know what I'm saying? Like you Mm -hmm. said, you know, people in other countries or, you know, people that are using other services that I might not use, you know, they're being affected and, you know, that sucks. I feel like, you know, when you pay for your internet, you know, I'm sure, you know, not everyone reads like, you know, the ULA and all that kind of crap, but I feel like most people have a reasonable expectation, like, oh, okay, I'll be able to just access, whatever i want at the same speed if i go to like you know you know one two three abx.com that no one's ever heard of i should be able to access that with the exact same amount of ease as if i was going like youtube or google or or IGN or or whatever
0: yeah and i mean yeah you mentioned other countries but i'm i'm talking mostly here in the united states you know yeah, yeah um yeah. yeah it's like that's going on other countries uh there are other countries that do have their own net neutrality rules fortunately um mm-hmm. but yeah here in the uh, united states we've gotten rid of ours i'm hoping, um, the current chairman will bring the bag she wants to, um, hopefully others at the FCC will agree with her, but, um, yeah, uh, fortunately, yeah, no, it hasn't affected me too much either from what I've noticed, but that doesn't mean it can't at some point because those, these companies have been guilty of it before
1: why well, that's the thing though it's like one of those slippery slope things like you don't know exactly what can happen as, as a result of this but you can have an idea of what could happen and yeah. you know obviously like i said these you know you know isps and all that kind of stuff they don't really care as long as they're making money you know what i'm yeah. saying that's the thing too it's not like they're breaking the law is if right. there's a law saying like yeah net child forget about that do whatever you want mm-hmm. and they're completely within their rights to do that
0: so. yeah right now they are yeah but um you know had the net neutrality rules not been um repealed they wouldn't be allowed to do something like that that's true and um
1: so that's why I want them to bring them back uh, you know yeah I mean it's it's just a tough putt trying to convince someone like hey I know you're making like millions of dollars doing this and it's 100% legal but come on just stop Yeah.
0: (laughs) yeah but you know it hurts um it hurts content creators because their content doesn't get out to everyone Mm -hmm. um it hurts um really anyone trying to be innovative on the internet oh yeah for sure yeah um if you've got a linux distribution for example or some software you want to get out there if you're, if some internet service provider wants to, they can throttle or block access to whatever you're trying to give. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, why? <laughs> right? Because some other, because they have a deal with some other company who might be paying them some moolah, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, just something to think about with uh, net neutrality. Do you out there personally want your uh, data limited by these big corporations? Or do you want an open internet where there are no fast lanes, everyone's got access to the same speed? Let us know. 980-999-0835 that's 980-999-0TEK Do you still
1: remember the tech line phone number? Do you write it down?
0: Uh, i memorized it.
1: <laughs> Good for you, Joe.
0: Yes. <laughs> All right. And after this we'll be back with a couple of um, current events that we noticed this week. Stay tuned. Welcome back. We hope you're doing well still. And I'm noticing a typo in my notes, but I'm correcting that now. So uh, we both uh, found a current event that interested us this week in tech. I'll go with mine first. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg said we should be teleporting and not transporting and hence that they are working on it. Sounds interesting, right? Yeah, the headline does sound very interesting. Well, Zuckerberg (laughs) detailed Facebook's progress in VR and AR during a recent Clubhouse meeting. The combination would unlock the ability to live anywhere people would want and open more economic opportunities. People could quote teleport to their workplace, thus reducing commutes and having a positive impact on the environment. So it's not true teleportation. You're still physically where you were before. It's not Uh, teleportation at all. No, it's not. You're right, yeah. But it's almost like you teleported because you're using VR and AR to make it seem like you're teleporting somewhere else. So I guess you'd be controlling a robot or something, uh, where you're, um, supposed to be teleporting to, you know
1: what I mean? Yeah. Or maybe, you maybe in the future, the workspace will be completely virtual, like there's no actual office building. There's a bunch of people sitting at their houses with their little VR headsets and they go to like a... Virtual office yeah. and they sit at virtual desks and they have virtual meetings and eat virtual yeah. lunch.
0: Yeah, but how do we know Facebook isn't working on actual teleportation? I guess we don't. Yeah, I guess we, we'd have to look at their power bill because um, power usage would be pretty high with uh, teleportation experiments currently.
1: Well, not if they turn off all the lights every time they do it.
0: I, I think even if they turn off all the lights, actually, because <laughs> it's pretty high power. No, I understand. Yeah. Well, maybe they
1: maybe they develop their own like arc reactor.
0: Ooh, yes. But there we go. It would be weird
1: if Mark Zuckerberg came Iron Man.
0: <laughs> you know, I don't know that I trust him to do good things with an Iron Man
1: suit, though. I <laughs> don't anybody to do good things with an Iron Man. You think I want, I don't want anybody flying around basically in a tank. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it depends on which version because eventually I, it became I mean, like... I'd be going around stopping
0: people from doing bad stuff if I had an Iron Man suit, but, you know, I guess not
1: everyone would. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess i would probably do it for a little bit and I'd be like, well, this is kind of boring. <laughs> I'm <In> just <a spectacle. laughs> I'm just spending all my time shooting terrorists. Like, <laughs> all right. Well, here's my story this week. Uh, AI is learning to identify toxic online content. All right. So, as we know, toxic or hateful offensive language online has become much more prevalent in recent years. Uh, online comments in the digital space have resulted in analog violence, such as religious nationalism in Myanmar and the neo-Nazi propaganda here in the US. In comes Google's Jigsaw. Jigsaw intends on making an internet safer through the creation and utilization of Conversation AI, a collaborative research project that is able to detect toxic comments online. This is achieved through a toxicity score that the AI assigns to the comments themselves. The conversion AI algorithm has uh, has seen criticism for not being flexible enough to serve the needs of different digital platforms. Others have shown concern that the algorithm seems to flag certain non-toxic comments as toxic if they contain words related to gender, sexual orientation, religion, or disability. One user claims that comments such as, I am a gay black woman, unquote, or, I am a woman who is deaf, unquote, resulted in higher toxicity scores when compared to more neutral comments such as, I am a man, unquote. Another noted that the sentence, quote, I am tired of writing this stupid essay, unquote, earned a 99.7% toxicity score. Hmm. While the same comment with the word stupid omitted significantly lowered the score 2.05%. In response, the conversion AI team, sorry, in response, the conversation AI team allowed developers to train their own algorithms and enter them into a series of three competitions hosted by Google's machine learning community, Kaggle. For example, the first challenge tasked developers with building a toxic comment classification model with such labels as toxic, severely toxic, threat, insult, obscene, and identity hate. Although these challenges have led developers to innovate and develop different methods to improve language models, none of the trained models have yet to be released to the public.
0: Yeah, it definitely seems like uh, this algorithm needs some more work, but I can imagine the biggest complaint will be people will feel like their free speech is being violated.
1: Well, I mean, you can't violate free speech on a privately owned platform. (laughs)
0: True. And yeah, that's, uh, I was going to get to that. Um, It's like, uh, hold on, there's a bug flying around. Sorry. It's like people don't realize that freedom of speech doesn't mean that you have a platform platform. You know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It doesn't mean that I have to hear you. It just means yeah. you can say what you want. Yeah, it's you
1: know? your freedom to say whatever you want without yeah. persecution from the government. Yeah. So you can walk up to the president and be like, hey, I think you're a jerk and I want to kick you in the butt. Yeah, And he can't really do anything about it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he probably could. but definitely but, yeah. but for the most part... You can pretty much say whatever you want to whomever you want yeah. without recourse. I mean, exactly. that's obviously, certain examples. You can't go to a cop and tell him you're going to burn his house down. Yeah. But for the most part, yeah,
0: right. Yeah. Meanwhile, freedom of uh, freedom of speech does not stop Google and YouTube from kicking you off their platform. It does not stop Facebook from banning you. You know. They are I mean, private it's just like, you know, you can't, companies,
1: you know? At, I'm sure at your job, at, at most people's jobs, so I'm sure it's your job, just like at my job, there's a certain, like, you know, code of conduct as far as, like, you know, things you want to talk about. You know, you can't talk about, you know, you can't make racist jokes or sexist jokes right. or, you know, yeah. make fun of, you know, someone's national background. Yeah. And that's the thing, though. As a private company, they have that right to be like, hey, we don't want you talking about these certain things here. We find them obscene and offensive. And they create a hostile work environment.
2: Yeah. And that's the same
1: thing Facebook is saying, like, hey, we don't want you talking about this stuff on our platform. You Mm. know what I'm saying? Like, it creates a hostile environment. We're trying to, you know, try to be friends here for the most part.
0: Yeah, exactly. And for the most part, as far as YouTube goes, YouTube will let you say a lot of that stuff. You're just not going to get monetized uh, for it, you know? Yeah. Um, However, I know they have been removing a lot of misinformation. And um videos where like it may be incited violence you know that's yeah. why we no longer see infowars on YouTube yeah so unless someone else has uploaded <laughs> InfoWars stuff
1: yeah, I think the I guess the main I guess problem with this conversation AI that Google's developed is just like um, you know when you're texting someone where you're communicating via text as Mm -hmm. opposed to be a voice sometimes it can be difficult to like convey tone you know what I'm saying yes yes like if if I'm talking to my best friend on Facebook and he posts like a picture of something it doesn't matter what it is I'm like man you're an idiot that has a completely different context where if Mm -hmm. it's someone that I really don't like and they post something that you know maybe I don't agree with you know ideally or politically or whatever Mm -hmm. if I tell that person that they're an idiot it's exact same words and you know ostensibly, given uh, what I've just read, they would be given the same toxicity score. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, exactly. It probably doesn't take that level of uh, context into account. And to Mm -hmm. a certain extent, there's a level that it wouldn't be able to take into account. It doesn't know that you're talking to a close friend versus talking to a stranger. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean I mean I'm sure with AI we can figure it out somehow
0: <laughs> maybe yeah we'll see um so yeah yeah like I said I think the freedom of speech complaint is going to be the big one once this is perfected you know
1: well once people figure out what freedom of speech actually means then
0: <laughs> yeah I, I I'm I have my doubts people figure that out <laughs>
1: I, I mean, come I, on. And
0: I want to be wrong there, you know. I want to be it's, wrong. The
1: Constitution came out like 250 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> for the Bill of Rights, I guess technically. But... Yeah,
0: and and people think they have a right to smoke cigarettes in their car or around their children or something, you know?
1: <laughs> I think you do have that right. I don't know. I think. No. Like, I know you have the right. If you're pregnant, you have the right to drink. Like, if you <laughs> if you if you work with, if you're a bartender and the woman comes I mean, up who's ten months pregnant and orders a beer. I mean, well, I mean
0: there, there's not a constitutional right.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't say it was a constitutional right, but I'm saying though. But, like, yeah, you know, you're expected to serve that person. Like, yeah. it's, I guess it's not legal to get drunk. I, I don't know pregnant. that
0: you really have a right to that, you know. In fact, I think they tell pregnant women they shouldn't drink or smoke, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, they tell them. They suggest that they shouldn't, but yeah. it's not illegal, is my point. Yeah, oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I didn't know what the legality was as far as that goes. I guess it's not a legal tenant, but it's not. stupid.
1: <laughs> well, if uh, if being stupid was legal, we'd all be locked up.
0: <laughs> yeah, we all do stupid things at some point or another. You're right. Well, I've been Joey Cagle.
1: And I've been Antonio Guerra.
0: We will catch you next time.
1: And remember, listening to Joey's Holy Tech is not a stupid thing. Yes, exactly. Bye. Right, so long. Bye.
0: Thank you to our exclusive subscribers, Laura Lasseter and Beth Warhan. As exclusive subscribers, you are considered executive producers of this podcast. Thank you for your support. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, check out joeystolitech.com slash exclusive. You'll get ad-free episodes, full interviews, bonus content, and more. That's joeystolitech.com slash exclusive.